everybody, and welcome back to Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me as always is my co-host Mark. Mark, how are you this morning? Oh, hi, Alan. I didn't see you there. I was just sitting here enjoying a glass of uh, snake juice before a podcast. <laughs> Very well, nice. it's it's actually Rockstar Zero. But you know, I bet they taste the same. It's as as that sniz is delicious. delicious. You know, Constantine had the day off, so I think Harvey is filling in and took over the drink responsibilities. Oh, well, that would uh, explain know. the change then. Yup. Yeah. Well, you know, Harvey's an interesting dude. I remember you know, he <laughs> yeah. was just on the podcast, right? He, he did that Q and A at the local uh, radio station there. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He's that a, was... he's a little bit of a whack job, that guy. Yeah, he's a. And he can't hear me, can he? Because I, I don't want to like make him upset or anything. Well, he's a. Harvey Lee, you listening? Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hey, Harvey. Good to see you, bud. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> well, welcome, Harvey. Welcome, listeners at home. Viewers, yep. whatever you're calling yourselves. They're today. not viewers. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, Why try? if they were, you know what they would see today, Mark? They would see us covering season four, episode six, End of the World. End of the World. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's here. I've been looking forward to this episode. I mean, I won't say that I felt like after last week's episode, I really needed a good episode, but let's just say I thought that. Well, look, if I were to eat something like um, horrible, like, um, I don't know, what do you eat? <laughs> wow. Is that how today's going to go? I don't know. <laughs> wow. You're with them, one of them, uh, octogenera, uh, uh, ovo pescatarian. Uh -huh. yeah. And, uh, you eat weird, like, like salad and stuff. I don't even know what that I is. I don't like salad, to be honest with you. You don't? I don't? And I don't care for vegetables all that much. Oh my God. It's a terrible life. It's, what, what is the point? <laughs> well, it's not as bad as the year I started when I was a vegan for the first year. Oh my. I mean, I, I'm certain Holy we have cow. a vegan listener or two out there, despite the, you know, all the steak they talk about on this show. But um, I'm sorry for all of you. Look, it was a tough year. All, all the respect in the world of vegans, and in all seriousness, I tried being a vegetarian once for a month and I thought I'll, it's just not for me. I thought I was going to go nuts. Yeah, the, the hormonal rage. You, you, <laughs> the problem is you have all those beef and chicken and the fishes and the, the, the other hormones in your body mm -hmm. and they, they're mad when they don't get fed. Look, I, I don't feel right unless I can get weekly meat sweats. <laughs> <laughs> that, if you don't get into a meat sweat, you're not doing it right. Yeah, that's when I'm at my best. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. We should probably get back to the podcast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Let's do that. Hey, well, this week's episode clocks in on the standard edition. That's right. We got two editions this week. That's right. Standard edition is 2105. Yeah. Uh, did you watch both? I did. Okay. I did too. I won't say I did my normal level of due diligence on how they're different. I didn't either. Okay. Well, so fair war fairly warned we are. Uh, but the producer's cut came in at 2722. It's pretty so hefty. Pr pretty hefty. Yeah. Not, not the biggest, but it's up there. Yeah. Um, I will say there was no director's commentary that went with the producer's cut like we sometimes got in season three. Mm, so I did miss that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, me too. Um, but- Good producer's cut. We'll talk through it here today. This episode first aired on November 3rd, 2011. It was directed by Dean Holland, the one and only. Uh, he did uh, 27 total episodes. This is his ninth. So he's still in the that first third there, about to get into the middle ground. Yep. Mike Schur wrote this episode. We know mm, Mike. We uh, do. Or I've heard of him anyway. <laughs> uh, he. This is his seventh of 16 where he's credited as the, the writer. Noise. Yeah. So... Very interesting. We'll see uh, how those guys pair up today. Well, let's see. Mark, should we get into our synopsises? 
Oh, yes. Yes. Are you kidding me? Here we go with bells on and stuff. All right. So I I broke this sucker down into three stories. And uh, I have the A story entitled <laughs> the A story. Sometimes, you know, how my titles are not real good sometimes. Yeah. Um, so my A story is entitled. I have AKAs for your AKAs. <laughs> That's called a, a safety net. I count on it. So my A story is entitled. If the Zorp doesn't get us, the Tweep will. <laughs> what, is, what, what was yours? That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, my A story was just called Hail Zorp. Not bad. No, I mean, it's I, I phoned it in. What do you want? <laughs> it's, it's my safety net. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to like pull a Harvey and just. Rah, 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 and then, you know, rah, have, rah, 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 rah. I know yeah. a rhubarb, you know, Zorp rhubarb. OK, so here's the A story synopsis. Local Pawnee group slash doomsday cult the reasonableists predict the end of the world is coming again leslie lets them hold an all-night vigil in the park it's basically a pony tradition at this point chris asks leslie and ben to join him in monitoring the vigil which makes them uncomfortable due to the recent breakup while interviewing them about the vigil reporter shauna malway tweep shows interest in ben Uh uh-oh Leslie panics and attempts to dissuade Shauna from pursuing Ben. Keep it in your pants, Tweep. <laughs> what will happen? Will she keep it in her pants? No. <laughs> what will happen? Will the world end at dawn as predicted? Does Shauna Mulway Tweep continue to flirt with Ben? What in the world is Ron doing at the vigil? Will she keep it in her pants? Stay tuned to find out dot dot dot. Very nice. Yeah. Well, I and in fairness, Hail Zorp sounds like I just, you know, didn't really try very hard, which is also true. But I broke that story into two. I mm. think I shared this with you before the pod today. Uh, I did that as my A and my D story. My D story was kind of the Ben Leslie portion of that, mm. which I titled Operation Keepaway. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> that one's not bad, though. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. I see why you did that, though. That, that yeah, makes sense. It's not really a full storyline. I kind of broke the rules. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. That's we the, know I can get away with it. That's so. the kind of scoff laws we yes. are. Um, and so, I, But your parking space isn't going to get removed no, like no, mine was. No. And it's really cold. You know why? Mm. You, haven't, you haven't caught on to this. I have not. I got admonished too, but it was only a verbal warning. Oh. I have the I have an electric car and I have to park in my parking spot because that's God. the only charger. So swear to God. Okay. <laughs> like this is... I have too many jokes. Like, <laughs> actually, you know what? I've seen your car. It's really nice. Yeah. It's it's a nice electric car. I'm a little it's, Nissan Leaf. I get no I get nothing back from Nissan for that. I mean, it's no blueberry. No, no, it's not a blueberry. Like no, that's Mark's car, by the way. Yeah, you you <laughs> you'll see me driving by, and you'll want a lawnmower engine in your car as well. <laughs> me me. All right, so back to the thing that we're doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah right. you get another storyline. So the B, I got two more. B story, I have entitled "The Last Hurrah of E720." Mm. Tom and John Raffio's company. Entertainment 720 is nearing its end. Womp womp. The two decide to spend their last amount of money to hold an end of the world party in their office. See the theme. Um, since the lease is not up until the following day, and they go all out, man. The, Tom is uh, straining his skills to the utmost to produce the most perfect party ever, including but not limited to VIP rooms, executive VIP rooms, snake juice, ice fountain, craps table, roulette table, pirate ship, bouncy castle, a Bengal tiger and more. How will this turn out? What task does Tom give to Indiana Pacers center Roy Hibbert? 
who finally <laughs> shows up that makes Tom's night. Is their final party considered a success? Stick around. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice. I, I, that was also my B story as well. Um, I, I called it, and this is a thinker. I'm just going to warn you right now. Okay. You got to think about this. All one. right. No third round. Okay, you're thinking too long. That's a lot of radio silence there. It is. Uh, um, the hell's that mean? <laughs> so, Entertainment 720. Oh, because it goes around twice. Math. No wonder <laughs> I didn't get it. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be good at the maths. No, it's just something I made up so people oh, would think I'm good at the maths. That's fair enough. All right. Yeah. What'd you get for your final C story? All right. The final C story uh, I entitled, uh, you know, we've had a April Nandy's fancy party. Yep. Remember that? Yep. And we've had a, then I, I gave the, one of the stories, I think it was the last one I said, April and Andy's scary party. Yes. So yep. this is April and Andy's excellent adventure. I love it. Yeah. yeah very nice. I like the tie in there as well. All right. Bored with their usual routine and maybe as a slight precaution to the world supposedly ending. April and Andy decide to kind of shake things up and complete as many things on Andy's bucket list as possible. Yeah, Andy has a bucket list. As the day progresses, we experience the lottery, grilled cheese sandwiches, armfuls of money, and more until finally there is one big item left. What will happen? How does Burt Macklin and Janet Snakehole figure into all this? Is there such a thing as stupidity momentum? What is the final item on the list? Hang in there, podcast viewers. Only time will tell. Dot, dot, dot. I, stupidity momentum should be <laughs> one of the names of Mouse Rat. That's a great band it's name. It's a great band name. So, so for me, Mark, I had the same C story. Um, I might have phoned this one in too. It was just called Bucket List. All right. It works, right? It does work. Is it lazy? Yes. Is that what I had time for? Yes. Why try? Why try? Yeah. Well, see, there you go. I'm on theme. <laughs> you are on theme. I meant to do that. Nicely done. Yeah, you too. Hey, what'd you get for your AKAs? And then we'll move into the breakdown. All right. Well, I actually tried to uh, select an AKA from each of the, in my case, the three storylines yeah. I selected. So from the, um, from the A story... Uh, there's a part where Leslie's trying to dissuade the tweep, uh, from, uh, you know, going after Ben there. Yeah. And she says, keep your pants on, which we've already kind of alluded to with our, our little banter there. So, you know, does make a there. I like that. Um, for the B storyline, um, there's a part where Tom has a talking head and, you know, he's trying to put on this perfect party. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he simply says, I'm a party scientist. Welcome to my laboratory. Very nice. And then finally for the C story, um, there's a point where Andy is about to do. We talked about stupidity, momentum. You yes. Know? So yeah. Andy is about to do something that that potentially could be uh, the stupid. And he says, and I quote, it seems a little crazy, just crazy enough to work. Very nice. <laughs> How about you? I, I thought you were going to do the same one I did. So uh, from that storyline was my mine relatively around the same time marker is no thinking, just stupid. All right. Love I mean, it. I'm getting that on a shirt. Oh, now, yeah. If that if, uh, you know, why try doesn't work out in 2022, I'm switching it up to that. Yep. I like it. Uh, from the A storyline, um, I, I love the Herb, uh, great guest guard this week. Uh, Robert Pine, yep. uh, who I remember from my childhood and Chips. Um, I don't know if you remember him as uh Uh, And Chips, he was their sergeant. 
Oh, Sergeant Herb? Herb, yeah. Hmm. Was that his name? I don't know. <laughs> You're just making stuff up today. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Herb says, uh, you know, if it makes you feel any better, Leslie, we'll all be dead in 20 minutes. See, he's trying to comfort her. He's oh, kind of sweet. He's nice like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Tom, in, in a moment of, uh, you know, reflective silence about the death of the pending death of Entertainment 720, says to John Ralphio, uh, my company is no better than a company where you ask a fate butler to Google stuff for you. Oh, ask Jeeves. Ask we barely knew you. Barely knew you. And then uh, the last one I haven't already talked about is uh, the Leslie Ben splinter I did, Mark. Um, there's a point where Leslie has worked herself up into a fear uh, for. A furry? No, no. She's worked herself up into a fury over something that Ben hasn't even done yet. Uh-huh. And she says to Anne, God, I'm so annoyed that he would hypothetically do that. I love that. So That's so Leslie. I can so see her Leslie. saying that. Yeah. All right. Well, nice job on the AKAs and on to the synopses. And then let's move into the breakdown. All right. All right. We'll break it down. All right. Well, we got our, our cold open, as always. It got uh, 47 seconds. So we, it, it's again, we had some that were really, really long. So this almost seems minuscule by comparison. But this is about the size of last episodes, I think. Um, it's plot relevant. And um, we're at City Hall in Leslie's office. And we see Andy escort an older gentleman named Herb in to see Leslie about something Uh Let's have Harvey play this clip to start us out. I think we should do that. Hey, Harvey, hit uh, clip A, please. Miss Leslie Nope, I present to you Herb Schaefer. Again, Andy, you don't need a bow. As you wish, ma'am. <laughs> okay, Herb, what can I do you for? Well, please prepare yourself. I have terrible news. You do? The world is going to end <laughs> tomorrow at dawn. Oh, nuts. You sure it's tomorrow? Afraid so. Right at dawn, the entire planet. <laughs> <laughs> Gone. Not giving me much notice, Herb. Let me see what I can do. Okay. For a while in the 1970s, our town was run by a freaky cult. Every few years, the remaining members predict the world's going to end, and they have an all-night vigil in the park. It's super annoying. Turns out, when you think the world's ending, you don't aim so carefully in the porta potties. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't even need that excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the end of the world and it's like Outback Steakhouse. No rules, just right. Just right. Yup. I like it. Well, from there, Mark, uh, we open our main episode in the bullpen and Leslie is bringing the gang in to get them up to speed on this end of the world concern. And we learn that everyone has a weird cousin and apparently that includes Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to see that movie. Uh, Godzilla and Zorp. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Rule the world together. I know. Like maybe they'll do a tap dance to just kind of start. Oh my god! Out. I just went to Young Frankenstein. Put it on the radius. <laughs> god, we're so lame. All right. So yeah, this is a very short scene actually. Leslie's, as you said, is in the bullpen and she's addressing the gang, which I always try to count who the gang is because sometimes there are people missing. Yeah, but this is yeah, like good. this is just about everybody except maybe Chris. I think it was the whole. Spiel. Yeah, Chris is in his office presumably. Right. So and and he and she, Leslie's talking to them about this end of the world thing. Um, and, and she says, uh, quote, tonight, the followers of reasonableism, interesting, will be joining together to await the return of Zorp, the giant lizard god who will destroy the earth with his cleansing fire of judgment. <laughs> 
And, and then the the conversation from that point starts to devolve into apparently what refreshments are going to be of course. Uh, served at the visual. Yeah, well, who wouldn't want to know? And apparently they're not having pizza again this year, Mark, but they are having turkey sandwiches Which and Jer- something called the Nectar of a Thousand Sorrows. <laughs> and so, two thoughts. so Jerry actually seemed excited that maybe they would have yeah. pizza. And then Leslie said turkey sandwich and he go, yeah. like he's not that excited about no. it. Uh, well, pizza's better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when and when <laughs> Leslie said, in addition to those there turkey sandwiches, you're gonna have the nectar of thousand sorrows, because you think what what, what is, is that? that? And Andy goes, oh, that is so good. And then they all kind of look at him. And he's like, it's it's root beer and red wine. What I I went to one meeting. I went to one meeting. Look, I'll tell you firsthand. <laughs> if a meeting has free food and drink. I, I'm not going to not go to it. There's an 85% chance I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be questioned about it later. Yeah. By well, the Gestapo. You know, that I just point, went to one meeting. I don't know where all of those turkey sandwiches went. <laughs> well, meanwhile, Mark, over at the Dreamatorium, Tom and John Ralphio are coming to terms with their business failure. Well, at least Tom is. <laughs> we are now witnessing the end of an era at Entertainment 720. We see the Dreamatorium getting cleaned out as uh, like repossessors and movers come in to claim their stuff. Since Tom and John Raffio can obviously no longer afford to pay for them because, you know, broke. Yeah. Um, both Tom and John Raffio are present as all of the stuff is getting moved out. And Tom seems somewhat sad and wistful, I think. But John Ralphio just bleh. He seems to be unaffected by all of this. Like he's in a good mood. He's drinking Remy Martins. He always. He always and, does. And yeah. It seems like he's kind of in in his mind at least, like he's kind of celebrating with Tom. Like apparently he believes their company was a math, massive success. It, it wasn't. No. Uh, no, not in Spoiler any. Spoiler alert. No. Um, and then we go forward maybe a little bit in time because like we were seeing all the movers move stuff out. So all of a sudden now we see Tom and John Ralphio sitting on the floor of this completely empty, gigantic space. The Dreamatorium has been completely cleared out. And John Ralphio even shouts out, hello, 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 hello. I'm a giant, giant space. Um, Tom tells John Ralphio that they're leaving E720 with about. $5,000 each uh, down from the $450,000 that John Raphael started with, you know, got run over by Alexis. Um, <laughs> when talking about what they're going to do next, Tom finally suggests that they take all their remaining money and throw it into a final farewell party for E720, making it, uh, quote, the essence of everything we wanted the company to be hmm. uh, a party for the end of the world. You see the theme there. Um, John Ralphio is in total agreement. Well, we, we had him at a party. <laughs> or he, what, what did he actually say? He said, you, he, uh, you, you had me at every, every dime, dime we, we have, have left. left. Yeah. Dilly, 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 swag. Oh he is such a crazy nutter. I love John Ralphio and me I too. hate John Ralphio all at the same time. Me too. Yeah. You know, he Tom needs good influences. And while I'm happy that Tom is a good influence for John Ralphio, I'm not certain John Ralphio is a great influence for Tom. You know what, John Ralphio? I was thinking about pretty sure he isn't. You're gonna you're gonna laugh at this. Yeah. I was actually thinking about this. You know, John Ralphio reminds me of a fried Twinkie. 
<laughs> you know why? Because a fried Twinkie, like every now and again, yeah, is amazing. Is delicious. Yeah. But if you have once a year at the state fair, but if you have a storyline based on a fried Twinkie, you're going to die in a month. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. All right. Well, I love is they're coming to terms there. You know, Mark, they, you know, he basically, Tom says, well, Entertainment 720 is dead. It's up in company heaven along with Pets.com, Blockbuster, and Ask Jeeves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when the AKA comes in. But uh, that's terrific. Yeah. Oh, Blockbuster. Oh. I, I saw, I found my Blockbuster card not long ago in an old wallet. Did you really? Yeah. I called <laughs> the number on the back and no one answered. So I, I'm going to return my movies next week. <laughs> Good. They'll stop counting the penalty against you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, from there, we move over to the city manager office and Leslie is bringing Chris up to speed on the cult and the Vegas odds that their prediction is actually correct this time. <laughs> Not likely. Not. Yeah. yeah. Leslie and Ben are with Chris in his office and they're talking about the uh, the end of the world folks officially named the reasonableists, but also known in some circles as the Zorpies. Zorpies. Yeah. Um, I love it. <laughs> but that's what I like to call them. Um, Leslie, who I think is planning on attending the vigil to kind of oversee it, uh, tells Chris, no, 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 there's nothing to worry about. They're 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 harmless. They they obviously have never been correct about their times. about their predictions. Yeah. So, you know, come on. Um, but despite that, Chris thinks that he and Ben should join her. Um, and then Ben tells her like a few seconds later privately uh, that, you know, he'll go, but he doesn't plan to stay. It's it's still too awkward between them. You know, I, I love Chris says, you know, that Ben and should accompany Leslie. And, you know, Ben said, I, I, I don't think I need to do that. And then Chris says, no, no, I insist. These people live on planet Nutbrain. I live on planet Nutbrain. <laughs> I personally think he also lives on planet Nutbrain. <laughs> a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Chris is not necessarily the not craziest guy we've ever met. But, you know, healthy. Well, that's true. Mm. He is very healthy. Yep. Yes. Wow. And, you know, you you get the sense that Leslie understands Ben's discomfort about them being kind of paired together here. Yeah. Um, and yet she's not the one who's pushing back. It's definitely all Ben at this point. That's true. I think it's worth knowing that. That's, the, that's a great yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the Parks Department, April and Andy are talking about the evening's plans, and we learn that the newlyweds might just be in a little bit of a rut. Mm, happens to the best of us. It does. Yeah, April is hanging out with Andy at his, I guess, his new desk, which used to be Tom's desk, I think. It's, he's yeah. there in Leslie's uh, yep. Leslie's office there because he's her uh, assistant. assistant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're hanging out. Is it, by About the way, as much as April is Ron's assistant, I believe. But yes. Although I think Andy tries. That's true. But, but it's no more successful. <laughs> I agree. That great point. By the way, did you notice that I think I, he has all of his mouse rat stuff there? Yes. Like if you look behind him, yeah. he, they're no longer at the shoe shine right. stand. The highlights from the shoe shine stand are now <laughs> behind his shoulder there. I love it. So, yeah, April's with Andy there and they're trying to decide what they want to do that night. And they're tired of the same old thing. They're kind of in a rut, like you said. And so April suggests they do something weird, like let's do something different. And then Andy just goes, well, I don't know. I have a bucket list. We could do that. And he's like, you have a bucket list? And they start to, to get into it. And, and April seizes upon this idea and, and she chooses the, 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 the first item on the list that she finds that she wants them to do. And she, she goes for it. And then we go forward a little bit in time. And all of a sudden we see April and Andy at a, a bank 
together. And apparently the bucket list item April chose was for Andy to hold $1,000 in cash in his hand. And we see the teller uh, count out 10 $100 bills. And I was actually kind of surprised they had that much in their account. And and April hands the stack, in quotes, stack of money to Andy. And Andy's a little bit underwhelmed because it's it's physically a pretty, it's 10 bills. It's a pretty small stack of money. So he's a little bit underwhelmed. And then, so dot, dot, dot. We fast forward a few minutes. And now, and April and Andy have given back the 10 $100 bills. And we now see the same teller once again counting out $1,000, but this time using $1 bills making three huge stacks of bills and andy's eyes light up like a little kid oh my god like a fat kid in a candy shop there and when he sees this and he picks up the i love it he picks up the cash he rubs it on his face like he just i mean all the things i would do he's excited and then and then he wants to go even more and he has the brainstorm if this was good in dollars why don't we count out a thousand dollars in nickels but april thank goodness puts the puts the nicks on that no andy nope 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 that that bad andy <laughs> i love it andy he finally gets the thousand one dollar bills yeah he says to the teller have you ever seen this much cash in your entire life and the teller's so great she goes i just handed it to you yeah yeah she's very <laughs> yeah. i think yeah. she's bemused by andy yeah she's very patient she's excited for him she is very <laughs> excited for him this 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 nutbag that's holding all this money and rubbing it on his face but you did notice the last the last shot, the last camera shot of the scene is, you know, Andy goes, oh, I, I want a, oh, a yeah. billion nickels. And, and, and April goes, no, no, no. And the teller's like, <laughs> she's a little concerned. Like, Good, April. Yeah. Thank, thank you, April. <laughs> well, we did get a glimpse at the rest of the bucket list, Mark, there in that talking head as well. It's oh, worth yeah. mentioning. Uh, you know, we were all surprised he had one, including April. But, yeah, it, apparently it includes catch the winning touchdown at the Super Bowl. Good one. Uh, yeah. Making the most amazing grilled cheese sandwich ever. That's a good one. Yep. Winning the lottery. Of course. Riding a unicycle. That's a good one. Inventing something. All right. And then he'd like to remake the movie Shazam with Shaquille O'Neal and play the genie. And he'd like to get it right this time. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Go skydiving, get run outrun a hippo, uh, fly first class on a plane. Uh, what else? Oh, teach his son to throw the perfect spiral. I thought that one was very nice. That is a good one. And then have a son. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you should do that first. Scratch that, reverse it. Yeah. So good I, list. I, I can tell you, though, it is a great list, but firsthand experience, you cannot outrun a hippo. You tried. Those suckers are fast, <laughs> like marsupials. They get stubby legs, but man, can they mount. Yep. Uh, you know, there's a deleted scene I'll mention later, Mark, and maybe we'll even play it where it includes a little bit more from Andy's bucket list. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good yeah. call. Well, out in People's Park. Yes, Mark. That's what I named it. Um Herb and the other Zorpies are throwing around their checkbooks like there is no tomorrow. <laughs> well, wait, they actually believe that. Waggedy, maggoty, dear. Yeah, they are. People's Park. I like it. You like that? I do. I it do. felt like People's Park to me. Yeah. Well, it's a sunny day and we are in People's Park, uh, one of Pawnee's beautiful parks, where Herb and the Zorpies have convened. Um, and we first see Anne approach Herb on, on, I think it was on behalf of Leslie to say, hey, uh, you still need to pay the permit fee. And Herb gives Anne a check saying, you know, <clears throat> you can cash it tomorrow. <laughs> and she, he looks back into the other people's group and they go, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, they, they got a secret. The secret is not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we then see of all people. Ron, yeah, cheerfully approach from the other direction. Hey, hello, 
Hellzorp. And he raises fist, go Hellzorp. And, and he greets everyone and they greet him by name. They obviously all know each other. Yeah. And at first we're thinking, wait a minute, whoa, what is happening here? And then we see a brief talking head from Ron where he, he essentially says, the Zorpies are ridiculous, but like the founding fathers, I believe in absolute freedom of religion. Also, their ceremonies require the playing of flutes. I happen to make flutes in my workshop. <laughs> and then and then Ron proceeds to sell the Zorpies flutes and recorders, yeah. you know, reminding them that they can't take it with them. And he collects uh, several more uh post-dated uh, checks, post-dated right. for tomorrow. <laughs> Just because they don't realize what's going to happen. Um, the, the Zorpies, they're cracking me and they're thinking, the Zorpies are thinking, these rubes, yeah. these rubes, yeah. they don't realize they the, loo the loophole. Zorps yeah. coming, man. This ain't going to matter. And then Ron's looked at camera about how stupid they are for believing this in the first place. I know. It's a great scene. <laughs> yeah. I like this park a lot, Mark. One of the reasons I named it People's Park is it reminds me of a park actually in Bloomington mm. uh, where, where I had the fortune of going to school. I know you went to a different Big Ten school we won't talk about, but they got their butt handed to them in a basketball game the other day. But anyway, um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the meadow out at in Bloomington has this kind of like it's almost like a little valley the, the the hillside slope down into like this recess and it's very grassy and lots of trees and shade. And that's what this park reminded me of. It was a beautiful place. I'd, uh, I wish they should shoot all their park scenes here. Wow. The parking lot reminded me of Purdue. <laughs> it's not real pretty. It's just functional. Look, I, I wasn't going to say that it's all paved, but yeah, a little bit. It really is. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Well, Mark, back over at the Dreamatorium, the final festivities for the party to end all parties are nearly complete, and it's almost time to open the doors. All right. Well, back at Entertainment 720, Tom and John Ralphio walk us through the setup for the party to end all parties, the ultimate party, the perfect party, if you will. Alan, there is so much goodness here. I think we need to have Harvey play this clip. I think we should as well. Welcome to E720's End of the World Celebration! The entire party's a VIP area. There's also a double VIP area. A triple VIP area! And the Centurion Club Elite VIP area. Sponsored by Sobe Lifewater. No one's allowed in there. Not even us. We have not one, but six open bars. And best of all, snake juice ice cream. Chill me, T! Juice is so chilled! Craps! Roulette! R.A.P. Pirate Ship Bouncy Castle with bubbles. Shrimp wall and special VIP shrimp distributor, Indiana Pacer Center, Boy Hibbert. Is this all you want me to do? Pass out shrimp to people at the party? Yes, and stop asking questions. Got ahead? Maybe you want a free fedora. Want to make out? Go to our makeout room. And before you leave, don't forget your gift bag. John Ralphio, are there any animals on the guest list tonight? Let me check, TT. Oh, just one. Bengal tiger. Oh, my. We also hired 10 huge scary bouncers with earpieces. What up, Keith? He actually once tossed me out of a club three years ago. Water under the bridge. DJ Blunts is mixing up some new beats. Only 200 people will be admitted to retain exclusivity. Ballers and ballerettes, fasten your seatbelts. The perfect party begins. Clink. Now. Oh, no. Oh, thank God. No one shows up to a good party on time. If anyone had actually showed up right now, the whole party would have been ruined. Would have been a disaster. I don't want to go to that party. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, a few thoughts here. So, A, it's 
Good to see snake juice make a return. It was giant, giant snake juice bottle shaped sculpture. What did he do? It looked like he he pulled a lever on the back, which caused the snake juice to run out and come down like a, a little curvy slide into your glass. See, I thought it was just essentially a tunnel and you just literally pour the snake oh. juice into the top and it goes blah, 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 because it's coursing down well, ice. I like my Inspector Gadget version better, but that's probably a little easier to make. Yeah, yours is a little bit more Rube Goldbergian. It is. Yep. Speaking of Purdue. Um, speaking of Purdue, that's right. Um, so that's a B. It's good to see Roy Hibbert make a return. I'm glad yeah. he's getting getting a job. He reached up to what uh, three times Tom's height, probably to grab oh, one yeah. of the shrimps. Yeah, and he'd wish he'd <laughs> stop asking questions. Um, C. Bengal tiger. Oh my god! Always welcome. Yeah, I don't care who you are. And then D. I initially thought that they would be horrified that they went to all this trouble and then crickets like no one showed up. Like I thought it was going to be shades of, of E720, like extravagant, but a colossal failure. failure. But they seem confident at this point that serious party goers never show up on time. So, yeah, what do I know? I, I've apparently never I've never been to a party with a Bengal tiger. So um, I, I guess I don't know much either. You're missing out. <laughs> Well, back at the park, the Tweep is on the scene and oh, no. she is getting the backstory on the coming of our new lizard overlord. And, um, you know, as usual, Leslie is also trying to help her out with some killer headlines. Oh, my gosh. All right. Holy Hannah. Well, yeah. Back with the Zorpies. The reporter uh, Shauna Mulway Tweep is interviewing Crispin and Leslie about the, the vigil. And it was Shauna maybe grinning a little too much at Ben. Mm. When Leslie gets her loan to pitch ideas for headlines, as she usually does, yep. um, Shauna asks her about Ben. You know, he's cute. Is he single? All that stuff. This kind of rattles Leslie, who starts stammering and saying nonsense. But Shauna just smiles and thanks her and walks over to where Ben is. Anne walks up to Leslie at this point and asks, what's going on? Leslie, the world is ending. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mark, speaking of that, we're still here at the park. And Anne and Leslie are kind of having an aside. They're keeping an eye on Shauna. And Mark, we know why. We all know how she operates. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Still with the Zorpies. Uh, Leslie is, is panicking now. Let's just call it what it is. She's not rational. Mark. She is. She is starting to unravel. Um, she's, she's she's panicking. She's venting to Anne about all of her fears and paranoias about Shauna and Ben and how they're going to fall in love and get married and all sorts of stuff. Like I said, she's kind of unraveling at this mm-hmm. point. And then Anne tries as her bestie and tries to remind her that a she made the decision to run for city council, thus making it impossible to date Ben. And B, she's sure that this is nothing until. They see Shauna laughing and putting her hand on Ben's arm, at which point Shauna's interests become a bit more clear. Womp, womp. <laughs> I love the hand goes, uh, or Leslie goes, oh, my God. And Lang- Ann goes, I know that move. Uh-huh. And Leslie goes, they're going to have sex in five minutes. Yeah. I've got to stop this. Yeah, that's like DEFCON 2. DEFCON 2. It's, yep. getting, it's getting dangerous out there, kids. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, Mark, meanwhile, over at April and Andy's house, the kids are still working on Andy's bucket list and they're making pretty steady progress. You know, Alan, I've always considered myself a trend maker. And so I wanted to get to push something by it. I, I have an acronym for you. OK, um, I it's a, the, the residence formerly known as Burley's Tref Cab. <laughs> 
You think it's going to catch on? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest, Mark. I, I don't want to lead you down the primrose path and only to have you disappointed, find that your business is closing and that it's a terrible, terrible acronym. It's unnecessarily brutal, but okay. <laughs> At April's and Handy's house, truck cab, um, they're both continuing to work through Andy's bucket list. Yes. While... Bye bye, little Sebastian plays in the background. You catch I that? Yeah. I like that. Some mouse rap music yeah. in the background. It's great. So we see them accomplish two things. A, Andy happened to win $10 from a scratch off ticket, I think. That which, counts. Which April points out counts as winning the lottery. So boom. Scratch that one off. Yup. April retrieves some grilled cheese sandwiches that Andy made on their stove. And they both come to the conclusion that. Just as Andy was shooting for, this is the most amazing grilled cheese sandwich ever made. So, boom, scratch that one off. Well, there was a little bit of a step to get there. April made a mistake, a rookie mistake, Mark. At first, oh. she said, mm, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Andy's like, all right, that does it. We got to go to the store and get more cheese. Yeah, because when I made my bucket list, yeah. my bucket list does not say make a pretty awesome grilled cheese right. back to the drawing board. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's the most amazing grilled cheese. <laughs> Let's just move on. All Let's right. Stay on track. Yup, yup. All right. Well, back at the park, Shauna and Ben seem to be getting along just fine. Ugh. And Leslie apparently left her diplomatic skills at home tonight. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> left him in something. I, yeah. They're not with the, her right in now. In the trunk of her car. Um. So, yeah, we're back at the park with the Zorpies and and it, it looks like, you know, how I like to kind of keep track of time for my own sake. It yeah. looks like it's just now starting to get dark. I'd say dusk. Dusk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like when the that's when the vampires come out. That's why I know that. <laughs> I saw that in a movie. My God, they sparkle. Because um, remember when we saw uh, uh, Tom and John Ralphio open the doors? It was light out, but it looked like it was fading like a little bit. Yeah, so you it think would, maybe it like six, six o'clock. Yeah, so maybe it's seven now. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, it's starting to get dark because it's summer, so it's it's light a little longer, but you can see it's it's fading. Is it summer? I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna. You know what? Interesting point. You would think by the appearance it's summer. Let's come back to this. Fair enough. All right, all right. So it looks like it's starting to get dark. <laughs> Leslie continues to unravel continues to as she approaches Shauna and Ben and Leslie does her in quotes best to tactfully or not dissuade Shauna from pursuing Ben. However, Shauna doesn't seem phased by Leslie's attempts. And instead Shauna mentions an interest that she had in going to entertainment 720s end of the world party. When Ben also expresses an interest in going to that Leslie tries her best to convince one or the other of them not to go and to stay here instead. But it doesn't seem like she had much success she did not she started with shauna and tried then later with ben right um you know Le leslie's like oh you know ben's so boring you're probably having a terrible talk and shauna says no actually we're having a really great talk and leslie goes keep your pants keep your on, pants on. <laughs> shauna's like really bemused what i mean keep your pants on girl i mean oh. those are really nice pants i like your pants where'd you get them you want to go get some new pants oh so leslie is uh it's michael scott level cringe there it really is she's yeah, yeah, falling yeah. apart at the seams yeah. is what's happening here yep yes. Well, back over at the E720 end of the world party, Mark, the guys are about to prove that the proper party is an art form or maybe even a science experiment. <laughs> this is a short scene. So, yeah, we're back at Entertainment 720. And Alan, apparently my worries were unwarranted because Correct. the end of the world party is in 
full swing. Yes. There is stuff going on literally in Perkins everywhere. And people appear to be having a great, yeah. great time. John Ralphio in the very beginning of the scene is escorting a young lady named Melissa into a glass booth with a lot of money on the floor, closes the door, throws a switch. Air starts blowing up around Melissa and the money. It tosses the money in the air. She's trying to grab what she can. Yeah, it's a crash ba- a cash grab booth. Is that what that is? Yeah, they, they, this was a thing around that time. Oh, I thought I invented that. Okay. You did not. Oh, sorry. Crap. Tom um, did. <laughs> even worse. All right. So and then it ends the uh, the the uh, scene there. We sort of get like a I called it a, a mad scientist talking head yes. from Tom. Uh, he says the perfect party. It's an elusive idea. People have to be completely entertained from the moment they walk in to the moment they leave. It's a grand experiment. And I am a party scientist. Welcome to my, my laboratory. laboratory. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, Alan, I got to tell you, it's early yet, so I don't want to count my chickens. But unlike E720, the business. Yes. This concept seems to be hitting the intended mark. It feels like if they were in a different city with just that one line of business, they could have maybe made something out of themselves. It does feel like that. Doesn't it? Yes. Not just spent $430,000 on nothing? Well, you know. I mean, yeah. not nothing. That's no, nothing. Mostly nothing. <laughs> it's a lot of nothing, yeah. <laughs> well, back at the park, Chris and Ron are discussing the books that inspired the reasonableism movement. And I think, personally, I'm just going to wait for the audiobook version. <laughs> Mark, should we just play this clip? Yes, let's do that. All right, let's do that. Hey, hey, Harvey, um, hit clip C there for me. So you were living here when reasonableism first swept in? I was. Lou Prozotovich, their founder, was an office supply salesman. One day, he had an interesting idea. Maybe he could write a book to help people organize their offices. Organize it. The book was a big <laughs> success. Then Lou had another interesting thought. Maybe there was a 28-foot-tall lizard with a volcano for a mouth who controlled the universe. That is interesting. So he wrote a second book. Organize it, too. Engage with Zorb. <laughs> can I have a look at that? Well, sure you can, Chris. I, you can keep it. Uh, I'd skip the first couple chapters if I were you. Between you and me, it doesn't really get good till Zorp shows up. Zorp is the lizard. <laughs> what religion am I? Well, I'm a practicing none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, that That is classic Ron right there. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, I yeah. love it. From the park, we head back to April and the Andes for an episode of Jackass Pawnee Edition. Wow. You like that? That's good. I thought this is exactly what this reminds me of. All right. So back at Tref Cab, it's not going to catch It's on. not going to work, it's, Mark. Damn it. Okay. It um, back at April and the Andes house. Tref Cab. Um, we see a helmeted Andy, or I'm sorry, a helmeted Burt Macklin, FBI, there it is. out on the back patio. And he's apparently preparing for some sort of stunt. Um, April, or should I say Janet Snakehole, closes the sliding glass door to the patio, goes back in and uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't do justice to this. Harvey, take it away, buddy. OK, I'm ready. Good. Wait. Not ready, super scared. Andy, you said you wanted to be an action star. This is your chance. Okay. Okay. You, Natalie, follow the action. Whatever. What do I have to do? Just hold up this butter knife to my throat and pretend like you're holding me hostage. <laughs> ready? 
I don't know. He seems a little crazy. Just crazy enough to work. Oh! Oh dear. Oh! My face! My face is fine, Mikhail Petrov. Forget it, Macklin. You're too late. I'm sorry, guys. I I, I need my cheaters. I cannot see hey, any. You're doing that. really good. You're doing really good. Really? Yeah. Help me, Agent Macklin. Help me. He's stolen my jewels, and now he's gonna ravish my body, and he stinks. He really stinks. Okay, Janet Snake Hole belongs to Mother Russia now. Oh, that's what you think. No. Now I hope you like pain. Bow. Say the line. Looks like this Siberian husky is gonna be Russian. Off to jail. <laughs> Hey, you know what, can I go? Gail is making a roast. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Now, I know in scenes like that, you know, the, the action hero obviously gets the girl. But I think sure. Jerry doesn't need to watch them, you know, no. when he's got a roast to get to. Well, and you get to remi- remember, Jerry's been exposed to a lot more PDA than he really cares for generally. Ooh. Last week with Chris and Millicent. Now this week with April and Andy. Might be a little raw. Yeah, he, yeah. he's not ready. Oh, that's a great Give him point. some time. Poor yep. guy. Yep. Mark, there are several things going on there in the background that I, I like. One, Andy's wearing his motorcycle helmet. He's He seems like he's a little nervous at first about doing this. But, you know, April encourages him uh, to do this thing. Yep. Which... Okay. And then uh, once he does kind of crash through, I think everyone's a little worried about him at first. Not Natalie. Not Natalie. She no. does not care. No. She's filming it for the insurance investigation and no more. Right. Yeah, right. But everybody it. else is really concerned. Yeah. And into it. Yeah. I mean, Natalie, you, not so much. You even hear Jerry go, ooh, <laughs> like he's really, really concerned. Uh, and then, yeah, Natalie is just is taking the phone and very haphazardly yeah. going, all right, I guess I'll film this. Might um, as well. Yeah. Jerry with the butter knife. Doesn't Jerry have a boxing thing? Jerry's on? got a boxing hat on. He's holding a butter knife uh, to, to April's throat there. He's apparently in the role of Mikhail Petrov. Right. Yeah, the great villain from Mother Russia. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, You know what? I really want to see Burt Macklin and Michael Skarn in a film together. I think I've said (laughs) this before, but I think, Mark, it it would please so many people. Millions, millions and and three people would love it. But wouldn't that be like a remake of Get Smart? Pretty close. Yeah. Not far off. I got to tell you, I would watch it. I would watch it too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get the producers on that. Well, next we check back in with the Zorpies, and it turns out that Lou Prozodovich was a multi-talented dude and not just a crazy kook. Apparently. Um, yeah. We, we hear a number of flutes, including Ron, yes. uh, playing a song entitled Symphony for the Righteous <laughs> Destruction of Humanity in E Minor by, as you pointed out, the late Lou Prozodovich. Um, Chris talks to Herb a little bit about both of the books, uh, which he just speed read naturally. Of so course. he did sure. through the whole thing, yeah. um, especially the part concerning uh, reincarnation. And I think Herb's words sort of appeal to Chris at first, but maybe not so much after Herb tells Chris what's about to happen. <laughs> well, this morning at dawn, you will take a new form, that of a fleshless chattering skeleton when Zorp the surveyor arrives and burns your flesh off with his volcano mouth. And then, and then Chris, <laughs> Chris says, 
that was that was very strange what you just said. I don't like it as much as that other thing you said. <laughs> I can't argue with that. I almost made that an AKA. <laughs> and then finally we see Ben leaving to go to the E seven twenty and the world done. party. And it's a good thing at this point, Alan, that Leslie is done unraveling. Oh, wait. No, she's not. <laughs> Leslie is in full unravel mode and she chases after Ben and she tries to convince him uh, not to go unsuccessfully until finally she completely panics and says, oh, 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 my God, I have a thing I need to show you. I need to bring you there right now. It's so amazing. I go to freak you out. It's so we need to get in my car and go do that. So let's do that right now. And Ben roughly says, oh, OK. <laughs> He, he, I think he's a little worried that there is actually something that she does need to show him. And yet he's at least halfway convinced that she is just crazy at this point. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. But he's going to play this out a little bit. Well, she went down this path because, as, as you remember, Mark, her first take was, hey, I want to introduce you to a new game called Chess Risk. <laughs> it's half chess, half risk. It takes 15 hours to play. And Ben's like, no, I think I'm just going to go. That's not as fun as it sounds. It does. I tried to get my family to play it. They said no. I'm still in the middle of my first game. I started it last week. It's not the best. It really isn't. Yeah. yeah. Let me know how that turns out, Mark. All right. Well, back at E720, Mark, someone ordered a marching band. This this is a very short, mostly visual scene. Yeah. yeah back at E720, uh, uh, Tom and John Ralphio are addressing the party goers who are clearly enjoying themselves like this. This party's a yeah. hit. I got to say it. This yeah. party's a hit. They're up on like a little like uh, plot riser. Yeah. 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 A riser platform. Yeah. And, and, and they announce uh, the start of apparently a hired uh, marching drum line, which is. Well, and they're both dressed as drum majors and they're. Dressed Which is as, terrific. Or either drum lieutenants. I don't know who they are. But but yeah, they, they're dressed like that. And uh, they seem to, this drum marching drum line, it just seems to come out of nowhere. That's what they do because they're drums. Yes. And uh, Tom and John Ralphio follow along and they're dancing crazy. Yeah. They're like stomp, but with drums. Yeah. Well, and there's that double line of people and John Ralphio's kind of dancing down the line yeah. with his drum major baton. I yeah. love it. It's terrific. And like I said, it seems like this is a blazing success so far. I, I would have a hard time looking at this party and, and saying that was a bad party. I don't like to say that because I don't like Tom anymore as of last episode. But oh, that's I, right. I got to say this seems like a success so far. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll circle back to that. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, from here, Ben is uh, clearly a victim. I mean, passenger in Leslie's <laughs> car. And it seems like maybe just maybe she's stalling for time, actually. I think that I think that passenger seats in cars should have a little secret keyboard where they can have something that says help. I'm being kidnapped. Yeah, right. Like a little thing that goes across a little crawler across the passenger. I'm in lower Pawnee. We've just crossed the wrong side of the tracks and I don't know if I'm going to make it through the night. Lower Pawnee. All right. Leslie's driving. Every town's got one, Mark. Leslie's driving around lower Pawnee with Ben (laughs) around it. She's driving in the Leslie mobile. That's why I always call it. Yes. Ben is looks like he's confused and maybe. Maybe even a bit bored, like he didn't know what is happening. Leslie has already driven down this current yeah, street. Yeah, he, he's before. certain he's been on this street. And then all of a sudden, kaboom, she pulls into an abandoned gas station. Says, Here we are. And she makes up a story on the spot <laughs> about how Rolling Stones front man Mick Jagger used to own this gas station from 1951 to 1958. Back when he was 
about eight. eight. <laughs> and Ben let- was set to inherit it. She just forgot to say that. <laughs> ben lets her uh, ramble on and on until finally he says, I know what you're doing, Leslie. You can't do this. You know, we broke up and, and I feel like we shouldn't hang out together. Just the two of us, because every time we do, it just makes it harder, you know? And so this kind of sobering moment, Leslie just kind of slowly nods and says, okay, a couple times. And Ben walks off and Leslie just stands there looking really miserable. I have questions and I have thoughts, Mm. thoughts first. No questions first. Thoughts for your thoughts. No, go ahead. Thoughts for your thoughts. There he is. All right. So here's my thought. Uh Um, so is Ben walking back from Lower Pawnee? Because we know that's dangerous, right? That's where the, the ne'er-do-wells live. And, you know, I bet that Greg Pekaitis lives out here, too. I'm just going to say it. Pekaitis. Pekaitis. Um, but, but no, seriously, that's a tough car ride home, first of all. But I, I feel bad. So I'm both annoyed with Leslie at this point. Like, uh-huh. She's just been crazy, like off the rails, crazy. You hate to see her do that to herself and me and everyone else. Yep. Um, but Ben just like just by being straightforward and honest with her, she's pretty crushed and you can see it. Yeah, but I I think he needed to do that. Oh, I'm not saying it was the wrong thing to do. I'm just saying. Ugh. Yeah, that was not a gentle letdown. No, it wasn't. But maybe necessary. But maybe necessary. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think at this point, maybe Ben is walking back to wherever. Yeah. Maybe he's calling a, a, well, a Pawnee Uber, a Poober, a Poober. Hmm. <laughs> I I feel an ad coming up for Poober. <laughs> Weird. Well, back at April and Andy's, they are down to the last few items on Andy's bucket list. And there's only a little bit of time left before, you know, faces start to get melted off for fuel and stuff. So back at Tref Cab is no. not going to work. Damn it. Okay. Back at April and Andy's. Miss that. Um, you, by the way, April and Andy's now with a newly shattered sliding glass door, by yeah. the way. <laughs> um, April and Andy are sitting on the couch together uh, with all the flies and stuff from outside, uh, trying to figure out what else on Andy's list that they can do. And Andy seems to think that what once you take out the ones where he would uh, get arrested or you need a time machine or the ones yeah. that are physically impossible, once you take all those off the list, they've done pretty much everything on the list that they can. April, however, is is she's in a zone, man. She's not going to give up. And she she takes the list and she looks through it and she finds one last item. Now, Alan, this item may mean them cleaning out the thousand dollars that they have in their bank account. It, it could mean possibly uh, it was a thousand and eighteen. So I'm not too worried. Uh, my mistake. There's plenty left over. It, it, possibly stealing her dad's car to do this. Yeah. But but as she explains to Andy, this is a stupid idea. But right at this exact second, we have enough momentum to mm. do something stupid before we realize how stupid it is. And Andy wholeheartedly agrees. And they both get up off the couch and they are now on a mission. Yeah. No thinking, just stupid. <laughs> no thinking, just stupid. Mark, if you have stupid, uh, if you have momentum of stupid ideas, is that stumentum? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I like that. I mean, I know they made a movie yeah. called Stuber. I don't know if that has to do with it. <laughs> Uh, well, while we wait to see what those crazy kids will do next, yeah. 
Chris, Ron, and Ann are debating the merits of reincarnation back at People's Park. That's right. Back with the Zorpies. Yeah, they're they're all three sitting on the ground, uh, I think, uh, talking about reincarnation. Ron seems rather nonplussed at all this like he's he's okay for example coming back as a socket wrench it's so he's like man whatever you he know to be useful or, sorry bolt cutter would probably be better a better choice but Anne makes the point that if you spend too much time trying to figure out what you're going to be in the next lifetime you might forget to enjoy the one that you're in now and so Chris is kind of inspired by that. Like that's, that's pretty good coming from Anne. And Chris says, you know what? Let's have some fun in this lifetime. Let's, let's you and me go to the E720 party. And they, she agrees and they get up and they take off. Yeah. I like nice little scene. Yeah. Yep. Well, Chris and Anne finally, as you said, decide to join the action over at the dreamatorium. Oh yeah. And while everyone is enjoying themselves, I'm not quite sure Tom is. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, first we see that Chris and Anne, as you mentioned, they've arrived and they're dancing poorly in Chris's well, case. Well, dancing fine, but Chris... Well, and we've seen this before at April and Andy's fancy party, yeah, Dad, right? where he was kind of getting a little wingy with it, yeah. a little nutty, although Natalie kind of liked it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then we cut to... Uh, didn't Anne even say, didn't Anne say, maybe you'll be reincarnated as a good dancer? dancer. <laughs> Anne Perkins, you zinged me. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, so then we cut to the couch where Tom and John Ralphio and Donna are sitting uh, together. And Donna takes this opportunity to tell Tom, this is the best, like, this is outstanding, man. This is the best party that she's ever been to. That's high it, praise from Donna. Oh, yeah. She knows she's partied before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um I mean, down in South America, as I recall. Oh, in, 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 in just huge sprawling estates. I mean, you talk about parties. Yeah. You got to outrun hippos in those things. But yeah, <laughs> this is the most perfect party she's ever been to. And, you know, Tom, it seems like he reluctantly accepts the praise, yeah. but he doesn't seem completely happy for some reason. Well, we then see approaching the couch from the other direction, Lucy. Huh. Huh, She she approaches a surprised and stunned but happy Tom greets him and tells him John Ralphio called her and told her it was a very special occasion that she should come down. Lucy then asks Tom if he wants to go dance, to which he quickly says yes, but not before he has a nice bro moment with John Ralphio hugging it out. I love it. It is a nice moment. You know, you feel like John Raphael has done this really, really nice thing for Tom. Yeah. Knew what he needed to make this night the perfect party for Tom. Yeah. And and dialed it in and did it. It's yep. like, that's awesome, man. Yep. And then there's the talking head. Uh-huh. For John Raphael, you see Tom and Lucy dancing in the background. He goes, yeah, I was actually, I forgot they ever dated. I was trying to hit that. <laughs> Like, oh, the illusion is busted, buddy. Yeah, but you know what? We'll keep your secret. Tom's so happy. Tom is happy, and that's all we care about at this point. Yup. Well, back at People's Park, Mark, it's time for everyone to make their final life choices, you know, or get some donuts. uh, Because Gozer, I mean, Zorp, is finally (laughs) about to arrive. Yeah, yeah. Gozer, indeed. Zorp, whatever it takes, Bob. Yeah. Um. You choose the form of your destructor, I always like to say. <laughs> oh, delicious marshmallows. Um, so, yeah, at this point, Herb is leading things with, you know, the typical speech, you know, Dawn is nice, Zorp the surveyor. I mean, whatever. So he's doing his, his Herb <laughs> thing. 
Ron is sitting there completely unconcerned, no. you know, because it's not going to happen. No. And we see Leslie approach him from the other direction. I think they're at a picnic table and, they, yeah. and she sits down with them and she asks Ron what he would do if the world was really going to end. And they have a bit of conversation about that. And, and uh, she asks Ron if she can talk to him about a personal matter. And Ron says no. And, you know. Then she tells Ron stuff and Ron says, did you not hear me? But what she tells Ron was at the, at the end of the day, if the world was ending tomorrow, mm-hmm. she'd want to be with Ben. Yeah. And Ron pauses for a second, like considering, and he says, well, that's significant. The problem is, Leslie, the world's not ending tomorrow. The sun's going to rise over there. It'll be a regular Friday and you'll be in the exact same position that you were before. And even though the thought of, of of Ben being with someone else makes Leslie miserable, she knows Ron is right. And she knows that she needs to stick with her decision. Yeah. She just says, though, the thought of him with someone else is making her miserable. And that, that's when Herb gave my AKA. He says, uh, hey, Leslie, if it makes you feel any better, we'll all be dead in 20 minutes. <laughs> and Ron goes, that guy's got ears like a fruit bat. <laughs> He's just trying to be nice. He is trying to be nice. Yep. Well, Mark, over at Ludgate Family Residence, it turns out that Grand Theft Auto is not just a video game in Pawnee. Mm, I think you were right. So, yeah, they freaking steal her father's car. <laughs> <laughs> and and they what take, are these kids about to do? They're nutbags, is what they are. And, uh, and we yeah, we still don't know. We still we don't, don't know, know where they're going. Point. And 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 we and, know it's a big item on the bucket list, but we don't know anything about what it is. Yeah, and and Andy even says, well, "How long is this going to take us to get to the you know the place where the we thing, don't know yeah. where we're telling the audience that we're going? How long is it going to take us?" And she says, "It's about thirty hours or so, Good even Lord. though I drive fast, but maybe about thirty hours." And um, and and then they fret a little bit, I think, when Andy realizes that holy cow, we're going to be on the road for thirty hours. I forgot to bring any music, <laughs> and then and he's then he Andy settles in for a short twelve hour oh, nap uh, while April continues to drive, and then. This is really nice. I like this. In the in the background, this begins a very large montage that's basically going to go to the end of the episode. And we hear the song All Will Be Well by the Gabe Dixon Band start playing in the background. And I like that jam. I do good. I do, too. It's, yeah. a, it's a great song. Um, and and uh, we see Andy like lean back in his seat and close his eyes, you know, for his 12 hour nap. And it's very sweet. April just kind of looks over from the driver's seat at Andy with a big smile on her face. She's clearly happy to be able to do this for Andy. And music's playing in the background. And even though it's still dark out, we can tell that dawn is approaching as the sky starts to lighten in the distance. Yeah. And April and Andy drive out of town to their destination. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and from there, Mark, we head back over to the E720 parking lot. And like you said, you know, it's it's a new day. Uh, the sun has started to rise. People are coming out of Entertainment 720 and, you know, they're they're wrapping up and there are no melted faces, Mark. But there might be a few people who are something else faced. <laughs> and uh, Tom has provided for them as well. Tom is very thoughtful here. I was impressed. So the, the, the song All Will Be Well continues to play in the background through this whole scene, which I really like. And like you said, Alan, dawn is broken. It's now light outside. People are shuffling out of, of E720's end of the world party, yep. smashing success with Tom outside, seeing them all off. The, the final hurrah of E720 has completed. Yeah. Lucy approaches Tom outside and tells him she's heading back to Bloomington for grad school, but that she does miss this town. And she also tells Tom that this was the best party that she's ever been to. And then she leans in and gives him a big kiss. 
tells him, I'll see you around and takes off. And Tom is left stunned, but grinning like an idiot before turning to a couple of members of the documentary crew yeah, and their he cameras. The fourth wall, and, yeah. he, and he points at them grinning and says, you saw that. <laughs> that's nice. I like it. Well, then he acknowledges the other camera person, too. Hey, you saw that, too. You saw that, too. Yep, yeah. Yep. So we know it's at least two cameras on the scene. So that's fun to talk about. Well, Mark, speaking of regrets from last night's behavior, uh, which some of these folks will definitely have, Leslie has arrived at Ben's house, and I think she's having a few of her own. That's right. Um, we are back at Trefcap. Uh, all right. We're back at the, the, the April and Andy's house. Which I just call it Ben's house here because April and Andy are gone. So he, he it's kind of his house, for at least for now. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And, you know, again, it, it, this is in the montage still. So is, we have yeah. all will be well continuing to play in the background, which is nice. Yeah. And it's, it's still pretty darn early. Well, Ben looks very sleepy. Yes. And before we get into this scene, do we believe that after Ben got frustrated, you know, at the, uh, you know, the the alleyway where you get stabbed in Pawnee there by the abandoned Mick Jagger gas station. He yeah, Stab home. Alley. Yeah. Stab Alley, yeah. Um, did did he go to E720 and meet Shauna there? Like, yeah. did he just go home? I think he went home. Okay. I, I, I can't prove that, but that's what I think happened. We didn't see them at the party, though. Okay. <laughs> no. I, I tried to remember this morning, and I could not. So, okay, right. fair enough. Um, so, yeah, it's it's still very early in the morning and Ben's kind of groggy and, and, and Leslie's there like frantically knocking on the door. Da, 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 and we see a groggy Ben slowly come to the door and he like kind of pushes back the curtains to see who's there. Um, you know what? Let's let's have Harvey play this clip. I think we should do that. Hey, Harvey, uh, hit clip uh, F there. Tweep thinks you're cute. What? That's why I took you to Mick Jagger's abandoned gas station because she thinks you're cute and I was afraid you guys were going to make out and have babies and I had no right to do that to you or your future children. And it wasn't until just now that I realized the romantic part of our relationship is over. So, I'm sorry. And, uh, why don't you tell Shauna to make herself decent and I'll apologize to her as well. Oh, well, Shauna's not here. Oh. See what I did? I do. I'm very sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Okay. Well. I like that. That's a, it, it's a nice ending to a bit of Leslie insanity. I, I, I kind of I've kind of like this. It seems like the montage, you know how I had three storylines. Yeah. Maybe there's four, but I kind of like this because I feel like the montage is is capturing the the nice ending essence of each of the three storylines. Yeah. Kind of. Well, maybe not the Zorp one. Fair enough. But, you know, we've talked about use of music in this series. Oh, we yeah. really like it generally. Yeah. We've talked about Scrubs and, you know, some of the some of the, their use as well. Another series we really enjoy the use of music. And I feel like every time they do. They, they use it well. I agree. Yeah. No, yep. no, no difference here. Well, Mark, I don't want to give it away. I'll let you tell our viewers. But April and Andy are about to finally arrive at their bucket list destination. And it is definitely a sight to behold. It certainly is. So, yeah, the, again, all will be well continues to play in the background and actually kind of ends as, as they get yeah, out of the car. And, yeah. um, you know, and so during this, you know, we kind of see April's father's car zooming down the highway and April and Andy are clearly enjoying their time together. Like they're working together to read the map, to get where they're going. Andy's playing the guitar on the car. And we finally see them get to their destination and they get out of the car 
and they walk to uh, to a specific spot. And they're holding hands. It's the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And they just stop and they just look. They just look. Um, and this is a really sweet moment. Let's let's uh, you know what? Let's have Harvey play the rest of this scene. so much more beautiful than I could have ever even imagined. Yeah. I'm trying to find a way to be annoyed by it, but <laughs> coming up empty. Thank you so much. I never would have ever done this without you. Thank you. Where's all the faces? <laughs> the presidents. <laughs> <laughs> If there is ever any worry that maybe it was getting a little too sweet or sentimental, yes. yeah, wop wop. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> the April's look at him at the end is the best look of April Ludgate from this episode. Oh, oh, I agree. It's like you got snakes coming out of your ears. Yes, look. yeah, it's terrific. <laughs> I I like that scene. I know it doesn't come across all that well, you know, on the audio only, but. You know, it's the the grandeur of the Grand Canyon. I'm betting that's how it's got its name, Mark. But let's have the the, the intern look it up. But I, I feel like grand is a fitting word. Wouldn't speculate, but yeah, it might be. It, you're right, though. It is a beautiful, beautiful uh, vista. It's a beautiful yeah. uh, moment and a nice ending to that. And I mean, and it's really. I mean, I I, I was really touched by it. Yeah. You know. This was a was really well cool thing that April was willing to clearly willing to do yeah. for Andy. Yeah, great call. Well, Mark, I think from here, all that's left the kicker is the kicker. And Herb is once again in Leslie's office and he thinks he's found his mistake in plotting the arrival of Zorb. You know, I was trying to figure out when this was. It's clearly in the daytime and Leslie is clearly at City Hall. I don't think that this was that same day like no, following the dawn i want to say like, later maybe yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. feels right um leslie looks a little too refreshed and that's yeah, just it exactly yeah. so yeah at city hall we see herb visiting leslie again in her office and herb tells her that he realizes after further analysis he made some crucial errors and that the actual end of the world is six months from now ah. on may 19th well, math is hard mark math is hard. That's what Barbie says. Um, when Leslie looks up May 19th on her calendar, she tells Herb that she can't give him the park that day because they are having a, a spring spectacular free ice cream giveaway. <laughs> oh my gosh, that day. Um, and then with, without missing a beat, Herb says, oh, oh, look here. I I missed. You forgot oh, to carry the one. It, it's May 20. Like he puts a little question mark on that end, and he kind of subtly points at Leslie's calendar. Like, is it May 20? Maybe you look on the calendar and May 20. And Leslie confirms, you know what? Yes, that day is free. Oh, well, that's it. And, then. and and she marks down Herb and the Zorpies for that day at the park. And 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 she also puts aside 10 tickets for that ice cream thing as requested by Herb. Very nice. Fade to black. I love it. Yeah. It's it's a it's a good ending to a, a pretty good episode. Yeah. 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 Well, Mark, let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll uh, do some stuff and then we'll come back. All right. Stuff. That's my favorite. Yeah. We'll do stuff and we'll do stuff when we come back and then we'll go home. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a plan, man. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. All right. 
Are you in the market for lovingly handcrafted wooden musical instruments? Are you a member of a large group, regional consortium, or even a small doomsday cult that appreciates celebrating your gatherings in a calming and sophisticated manner? Are you looking for the perfect gift for that picky person in your life who just also happens to believe the world is ending soon? If you said yes to any of the above, then come on down to the newest Swanson Incorporated business venture and let your eyes feast on what your ears will be eating. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. I am here today to tell you about Mr. Mustache's Musical Emporium for the very best in music and occasional wood lathe and carving supplies. Mr. Mustache's Musical Emporium has some of the finest handcrafted musical instruments known to man or lizard kind. Our goal is for you to enjoy playing music with our instruments as if it's your last day on earth. Here at Mr. Mustache's Musical Emporium, we don't discriminate based on your personal beliefs. The only belief we require is the belief that your credit card transaction or check will clear. For those that are so inclined, I should note that we also accept payment in gold. Oh, and we also still currently accept paper money as currency. However, this could change at any time, so please come prepared. When you visit Mr. Mustache's Musical Emporium, tell them Ron sent you and receive 15% off of our exclusive how-to book, Whittling for Dummies, A Guide to Flute Making. Thank you. That is all. Oh, and Hail Zorp! All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, as we always do, we'll talk about deleted scenes and then some, some a few other things. Um, on the deleted scene side, because this was a, a producer cut, there's really not a lot here. I think there's right. basically a minute and a half, roughly. Yeah. Uh, we basically have two scenes. The first is basically just, uh, you know, uh, a jump cut list of other things from Andy's bucket list. Mm. And then there's basically Andy eating a kiwi, which is fabulous, but uh, <laughs> very visual. So um, both pretty funny. Both pretty funny, though. Yeah. So if you have the deleted, if you have the DVDs, check those out. They're worth a look for sure. Absolutely. Mark, on tropes first and fun facts, I did not have a lot this week. How about you? I racked my brain to come up with any first and I, I couldn't I couldn't think of any. I did have a few tropes, though. I I, I only had a first, basically. Oh, well, we team up well, then. What'd you have? Yeah, Zorp. I mean, it's no, not the first. What? Remember time capsule? Oh, my God. You're right. So I have a trope. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, you have a trope. What's your Zorp. trope? Zorp. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Mark, if one of us drops the ball, the other one can usually pick it up and sometimes spike it in the other person's face, but usually not. <laughs> well, if we're doing our job well, then spike it. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't have any. I didn't have any first. Um, I, I had the, 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 the Zorpies. Yeah, kind of. I, I don't know if they called it. They mentioned the name Zorp. They I don't call, think they mentioned the Reasonableists. They, I think they said Doomsday Cult. I think that's what they called I them. think you're probably yeah. right. Yeah, but they right. did mention the name Zorp briefly. Yes, I do so remember I'm, I'm, I'm going to count it. Nice. Um, so the other tropes I had were uh, SRC, Speed Reading Chris. Yep. Um, 
I had I tried to figure out how to encapsulate. I, I I said Zorp, so this probably is 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 doesn't count. But I said crazy Pontians. I got crazy Pontians. All right, all right, good, yeah, good, good deal. That's fair enough. Th- then that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I had one called. I said Tom the party scientist, just because it seems like he has taken control of parties successfully. He before. is the only reason that Ian's Halloween party wasn't a miserable failure. Yeah. Remember, yeah. he was all just dressed up as uh, uh, Flavor Flav. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, he made that party happen. Yes, he did. So I, I say it counts. Fair enough. Um, PBJ, just because he was the bad guy in their action sequence. I mean, like a, a light version of it, but I'll, yeah. I, I'll count it. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to say uh, WWR, Woodworking Ron, created and then sold nice. flutes and recorded. Because remember, we, that one. we saw him make a flute in like two hours in yeah. season four, episode three, Born and Raised. And he was whittling it at that And point. he was whittling it. Yeah. So you figure in a wood shop, he did a boom, 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 boom. He drops the drill press, gets the different size holes, you know. So that that's all I had. What I missed. Make sure it can play a fugue in E minor. You know, and you're good to go. You, as far as I know, you didn't miss anything. We'll, we'll let the viewers write in and tell us if we missed anything. But uh, nice. you covered my full list, which was of one item. So, yeah, I didn't have any goofs or fun facts either here as well. I had no goofs. Okay. Um, I had I had two fun facts. Well, I'll be the judge of that. What oh, do you got? I'll be the judge of that, sir. Um, these are just I think that uh, one is my personal opinion, so it's not a fun fact. It's just blah. Um, I enjoyed the uh, the Entertainment 720, uh, you know, end of the world party very much. I thought they did a great job with yeah. that. But I got to tell you, there ain't no freaking way that they could have done all that for ten thousand dollars. No way. No way. Yeah. Like maybe Roy Hibbert. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Roy did it as a favor because he he'd already. Cashed a bunch of checks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That could be. Um, is, that, is that a fact that's more of a, a fun opinion? And fun is a, you know, in the eye of the beholder. It's a fun opinion? <laughs> Let's make a new category. He's like, yeah, it's not a fun fact. It's a fun opinion. Fair enough. I think it should be a fact because I contend there's it's no way. It's a fact now, Mark. All right. The, it, let it be said. Let it be done. The other one is, and this is what I was alluding to. Remember when you said it's a beautiful summer day or whatever you said? Oh, yeah, and yeah. I was like, no, no, no. Because Well, Herb has a jacket on. that that and, and so it dawned on me later. They're not dressed like hot summer. Well, so so check this out. At the end of the episode, yeah. Herb initially tries to reserve the park for, quote, six months from now, putting it at May 19th or 20th, if you count the day change. So it's November. It's around November 19th or 20th-ish. So, Alan, you and I are native Hoosiers. Yes. And we know that Indiana- I'm baloney. That the Indiana weather, yes, it can vary quite a bit. That's but true. Indiana weather in general is much too cold for the sort of clothes the characters are wearing. Like, I think the the average Indianapolis temperatures around that time of the year are like between 38 and 48. Yeah. It's, it's a little nippy. So this- and, Well, and this episode aired on November 3rd. So that that makes total sense. That tracks. And yeah. this, wasn't, this wasn't enough to bother me. I'm not calling yeah. this out because I have a, an issue with it. I just chuckled and thought it was interesting. I'm just- really curious where they found that warm sunny park in november in indiana uh maybe in california <laughs> california indiana i've never heard of that town it's a place oh i right. go there all the time fair enough all right mark well nice job on the tropes first fun facts i think all that's left for us to do is just get into the score all right let's do this thing you know alan uh, as of a few episodes ago we're both submitting choices for mvp and blah 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 stuff i don't care about and mine is uh believe it or not 
This pains me to say it. Ugh. My MVP is Aziz Ansari as Tom Haverford. Um, and uh, I just want to wretch. After last episode, I hate doing this, but I got to give credit where credit's due. This was such a pleasant relief after the abysmal Tom behavior last episode. Yep. And I, I know... I know. I know I bashed on Tom in the last episode, and, and I feel and rightfully so. I, I, I have your back here. And However, however, I will admit, I like that he got to demonstrate that while he sucks at being a businessman, he may be a savant when it comes to party planning. In fact, I, I, remember, I remember the first time, Alan, that I saw this episode, I was kind of wondering if maybe they just stumbled across Entertainment 720's true expertise, party planning. Right. And obviously, they decided not to go in that direction with sure. it. But I think that that would have been interesting had Entertainment 720 ended up surviving with this as their focus. I'm not sure you could sustain it in Pawnee, Indiana, but... I mean, yeah, there's only so many you know parties that Joan Calamezzo or, you know... Uh, who, who else is rich that the Sweetums people could, could throw. Exactly, yeah. That, that's about it. But no, that, that, wouldn't that be interesting? It would. Um, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I like when they can show that Tom, he does have talent. He's not he's not just a clown. Not right. really. I I don't like it when they portray him as such because I feel like that's kind of robbing him of what, what little he deserves. Well, to have the there. episodes where we've had beefs, it's usually been around that. That yeah. fact that we think he has these capabilities and then he backslides or they yeah. make him backslide. I completely agree. Yep. I, I, I feel like I feel like we as the audience need that. I'm going to call it a reminder about Tom that he mm. does have talent. We need that more with Tom than any other character or else. I think that there's a danger of him coming across as a John Ralphio S clown. Yeah. You know, good point. Um, I also thought it was interesting in a way that the entertainment 720 farewell bash did a good job of seeming extravagant, multiple VIP rooms, Bengal tiger, et cetera, without seeming as stupid as some of their business ideas like That's printing true. their own money um <laughs> and and y i get it bengal tiger yes that was expensive and extravagant and unnecessary for sure but you know what a bengal tiger for one night I could be talked into thinking yeah, that's just delightfully that. yeah. eccentric. Yeah. Well, Mark, you know, you talked about the budget real quick. If you remember the third level VIP room that they couldn't even get in, no one could get into, not mm. including them, was sponsored by uh, Sobe. Sobe Lifewater. Yeah. So there's your extra money. Brilliant. Brilliant. Problem solved. Although no one did get to enjoy it because no one's in there. So it's like, yeah, I guess Their logo's so. up outside the door. It's all counts. Um. I think I mentioned, I think Zorp was first mentioned in, in episode three of season three, Time Capsule. Time capsule. Um, I didn't realize it until I went back and looked, Alan, but there were a decent number of guest stars in this episode. We got yeah. Ben Schwartz as John, as John Raffio, Natalie Morales as Lucy, the great Robert Pine as Herb. Yeah. Love it. Uh, Allison Becker as the Tweep. Uh, Minnie Jo Mazzola, I think is her name, is yeah. April's sister, Natalie. And, and last but not least, Roy freaking Hibbert. Yeah. Um, I liked Chris in this episode. I, I was kind of glad to see that they backed off creepy Traeger that seems to have been present in the last couple of episodes. I, I mean, I like this, Chris. Um, and Alan, I don't know if you'll agree, but to me, this episode actually had a little bit of a 
I'm going to call it like a little uh, season finale feel to it. Like maybe not as much as say Harvest Festival did, but it, it was there. It's like I thought that all three storylines had very nice, sweet endings, including resolving the tension between Leslie and Ben since their breakup and and and, and the montage. So like I know that we've talked about in the past uh, how much we like it. I know I like it so much. I'm a sucker for a really well-placed music and mm. and, and um, or like meaningful songs uh, playing in the background during scenes of yeah or importance to kind of highlight them. And this was no exception. It was very sweet and touching. And it was perhaps one of the reasons that I feel like this had an air of like a season finale esque sort of a thing for me. I would agree. Um, Two different mouse rat songs in the background. That's right. And I'm not positive, but in the club scene, and I want to track this down, I feel like they might've actually been playing some of the lonely Island. I'm not positive, but it sure sounds like them. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. I think you may be right. Yeah. Um, and I know Jorma is actually going to direct one of these episodes coming up. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Oh, what? then I bet you're right. Yeah, I bet you're right. Um, I do have a small nitpick. I, I, I liked Leslie a lot, but her her panicking, mm-hmm. unreasonable actions regarding Ben went on I, I, a bit longer than I wanted them to. I, I think in the end, she pulled out of it barely but but any longer and i feel like in my opinion it would have threatened to drag this episode down um i, I like leslie's manic moments amy poehler god knows amy poehler is funny and she's great at that as long as they are moments a, a little goes a long way this is not a cringe yeah. uh, centric show like the office it's just it, that's not what it's built around um all right so here comes the crazy Mark Rubric in five, four, one. Um, I'm going to give this sucker a four base score. Okay. I thought the A story was was okay. I like the B and C story quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to give I'm going to give half a point for a decent use of the comedic bench. I, I don't think it was the very best, but I feel like it was I feel like it was better than some of the previous episodes. I, I thought it was decent. Um, I'm going to give another half point for wonderful guest stars. We already mentioned all of them, so I'm not going to go down that list again, but very impressive. Um, I'm going to give half a point for a good performance by episode MVP, uh, Aziz Ansarius, Tom Haverford. <laughs> well done. I got to give him credit. I'm going to give half a point for giving a little bit of redemption for Tom and showing that he does have talent. Gosh mm. darn it. I'm going to give half a point for a, a, a decent job at Amy Poehler, even though her manic portion went on a bit long. But I, I, I still thought that she was pretty good. I want to give her some props. Um, I'm going to give half a point for all the great farewell party stuff that we see at Entertainment 720 for one last hurrah. I want to give I want to give a whole point just in in totality for the silly, crazy, but endearing side story from April and Andy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. And, and I was tempted to almost give it more than that. I, I really liked it. And finally, I want to give half a point for what I thought was a great use of musicality and the montage that spanned mm-hmm. all three of my storylines. So you add all those suckers up and you come up with 8.5 little Sebastians. Um, 
after last episode, there's a part of me that almost felt guilty for all of a sudden giving the lowest score that I can remember since the early part of season two. And I almost wanted to follow it up today with, I love you, Parks and Rec, 10. But it's this isn't, so let's be clear. This now, episode, and, go ahead. And last week, just to remind our viewers at home, you gave what? A 6.5. 6.5. Yeah. Very, very low score for us. I can't remember yeah. the last time I gave a score, yeah. probably early season two. So let's be clear. This episode, it's not a 10. But- it was it was it was a good episode. I, I was actually at eight point zero for a long time, and there were two observations that I decided would potentially increase the score. One, if Leslie's manic, unreasonable behavior had not gone on quite as long, I probably would have given it another half point. Yeah. And two, if they had something cool at the end to unite the storylines, like a musical montage, which they did, which is that's why you know they did one of the two. I arrived at eight point five. Okay, that's it for me, buddy. What you got? I like it. Um, you're wrong, but I like it. So. <laughs> Is this going to be it? Is this going to be where we differ by more than one? Only time will tell. Uh, we'll see. We'll okay. See. We, we will see. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Um, <laughs> I, I'll go through a couple things really quick. I think you had some great points in your summation there. Um, you know, you had Tom as your MVP, which I completely and totally disagree with. Oh. Uh, my MVP, co-MVPs were Tom and April. Oh, all right. Um Yours is better. For the same reasons, right? I mean, one, Tom was the Tom we know and love here, right? Um, Mike, if, if he's the one who penned those moments, did a great job in making us realize Tom's a good guy. He just, he gets in his own way way too often, right? And so that's why those moments where he was stupid, Tom, and didn't even know what income or, uh, you know, uh, you know, business income was, those were really hard for us to stomach. And I think those had a major impact in some of our scores we've had over the last few episodes when right. we've really kind of played down his his smarts. Because he is a smart guy. He's pretty savvy. And I think he's definitely hit his niche here. And it's a shame that, like you said, he doesn't turn the party planning business into what E720 could have been, because that would have been in an interesting run for them, I think. I agree. I think they would have ultimately had to leave Pawnee to, like, get big. I also agree. But yeah. it would have been kind of fun to see some of the other stuff they could have done for the local celebs. And, you know, I could see Purd having a little wine tasting party over at his house because nice. we know Jay loves wine. Right. Um, uh, and then, you know, uh, of course. Uh, the, you know, we could have gone back to the the Biltmore Mansion or whatever it was called there. Mm. Um, there. There's a lot. I think they could have done with that and made it pretty interesting. I agree. Kind of a lost opportunity. But we'll see what Tom does. Mogul Tom does next. <laughs> My co-MVP was April because I felt like and I think you kind of said this earlier. April did something really cool for Andy. Right. I think she was bored, yes, and it was a little bit out, outlandish to kind of do a list like this. So she did certainly enjoy it herself, I think. But it was kind of a nice gift she gave to Andy because she didn't even expect him to have a bucket list. I think she was kind of caught off guard by that and saw this as a great opportunity for them to get out of their rut and find a new way to bond together. That. Ellen, that's a great point. Uh, I, I I like that you included her as co-MVP because I agree. I mean, this may have started with her maybe seeming bored and this is something to make me not bored, but it clearly became something like she is driven by wanting to do this for Andy. Yeah. Yeah. It was her gift to him, really, at yeah. the end of the day. Absolutely. Well I also, like you did, uh, enjoyed Chris's return from Crazy Land, um, nut, <laughs> nut Brand Land. Um you know, he he's always a little crazy. Chris is just that's who he is. 
they're starting to dial his character into the next phase of Chris that I think we will really, really like, though. Yeah. So in, this was the kind of the beginning of that. I felt like it was uh, got April back on that path. It got Tom back on that path. And boy, if they had just made Leslie slightly less manic, I think it would have gotten her back on path after last week as well. Because as you recall, Mark, uh, I did not discriminate. I was annoyed with nearly everybody last week. You certainly were. I think I gave, uh, you know, maybe Jerry and Donna a pass. Beyond <laughs> that, no one got off. Right. No one got off the hook. Um, so I think an AKA for this episode in general, especially looking at an episode like last week, which I wish we both wanted to like more but didn't, um, would be redemption, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I agree. Yep. So for me, um, I think if it had dialed down the Leslie just a little bit, I would have maybe even gone a step higher. I give this a nine, though. Mm. I felt like overall this had all the components of a really, really good episode. I think it just slightly missed the mark, maybe in tonality earlier in the episode. They certainly fixed that by the end. Um, there are a lot of things that would have gotten this from a nine to a nine and a half for me, uh, but they weren't here. And uh, But a nine is a really rock solid score. And so is an eight and a half for that matter. Uh, I'm just a half point more right than you are. That's all. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. I, I, I like your score. I like your reasoning. Enough said. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mark, nice job. Thank you for, for doing this episode today. Um, we will both be back next week with episode seven from season four, The Treaty. Mm. Um, <sighs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't I don't like foreshadowing generally, and I don't mean to foreshadow, but <sighs> we'll be back next week. Yeah, that's what we promised we'd do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we're looking forward to seeing you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompony.com for more details or to contact us. Music